Movies and Booze. I'm Moncrief on News Talk. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk 087 106 is our WhatsApp number, or you can send us an email to afternoon at newstalk.com. Next Friday's Movies and Booze will be coming uh, live from Lawler's Hotel in Nace with thanks to our friends in Marks and Spencers uh, with all the usual movie reviews, music interviews, all the rest of it and obviously Movies and Booze, uh, you'll have a few drinks and we'll have a few drinks. If you'd like to be part of the audience, all you have to do is uh, go into our website newstalk.com forward slash events and register uh, as ever. We advise you to do it as soon as possible because they t- the places tend to go uh, very quickly if they haven't gone already. Just saying, just saying you might want to like get on it uh, straight away. Uh, in the meantime, though, we're joined in the studio by Linda Coogan, Fanula Jones and Olivia Fahey. Good afternoon to you all. Hello. Uh, lovely to have you all here. And uh, well, Linda, we are going to be kind of telling the story. Won't tell all the story now, but we will be telling the story of an off licenses that, that, that's just been around the corner from here and has moved to just slightly further than around the corner from here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, it's stepping stone away and it's a lovely family story. So I'll, I'll definitely fill you in all about yeah. the Corks group very the Corks, soon. Sir, uh, uh, which is, I think, is probably kind of a landmark yeah. uh, um, off license at this stage of the game. And the two wines we're going to be talking uh, about? They're actually both exclusive from the Corks group. They import 40% of the wines that they sell. And I just think these are terrific. A uh, little bit pricey, but you're going to pay a bit more for German wine in particular and especially when they're sourced. So um, yeah. especially their single vineyard and all that. Though. Yeah. Fab. Okay. And you know what? It's been a while since we've done two German wines. Yeah. Well, wait till you try yeah. them. One is actually from my own cellar. I yeah. brought it in specially for you. So, you have um, a cellar? I have a drawer full of wine. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> Because <laughs> when you say the word cellar, I don't know, you always think of bodies tied up. Yeah, I don't know, that's just me. I go straight to that. <laughs> right, a drawer. Yes, well, we all have a drawer full of wine. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, uh, uh, that's true. We have a cupboard at home. We call cellar it, sounds so much better. Yeah, we, we, have a co- we call it the cupboard of loveliness. <laughs> 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 so it actually like isn't lovely when you open it up because it's uh, it, it's kind of fairly manky from drink being pulled out of it. Uh, right, so the, the, uh, so finally, uh, and this is the final, final Indiana Jones, Olivia. There. Well, we There's hope. not going to be. Yeah. Oh, we well. hope. It, it, Harrison Ford has said this is his last one and he doesn't really want anybody else to be cast in the role. But yes, you yeah. never know with these things. But yes, Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny, it's finally out in cinemas. And we get to sort of see, you know, can Harrison Ford still command the role of Indiana Jones as an 80-year-old man? Well, I suppose he can because yeah. he's Indiana Jones and we'll accept he is in it. But is it slightly preposterous that an 80-year-old man is doing Indiana Jones stuff? There are certain aspects where you're kind of going, mm, yeah, I don't think any other 80-year-old man that I know could do any of that stuff. Uh, but then there are moments where they do genuinely like address it properly to be like, he, like the, the body is not as willing as the mind wants it to be. So as much as he wants to be able to like jump off buildings willy-nilly like he used to, eh, he kind of knows that probably he should take the stairs. Okay, so that's fair enough. Because yeah. <laughs> have you seen that like Marvel thing, the, the the new Marvel thing with Nick Fury, mm-hmm. and Samuel L. Jackson is considerably porkier than he was, you know, when he first took on this role, and you know he's kind of huffing puffing around the place, and and has a limp and all. Yeah, that. and there's a bit of like ah, go on. 
But the thing is, like, Go I'm also I, I with specifically with Secret Invasion now. I have to say, I, there is a little fan theory going around that Nick Fury is kind of putting it all on, and that he is still the okay the the Fury that we've all come to know and love over the last couple of decades now at this stage. So I'm interesting to see where that all goes. But yeah, yeah. you want to get on with it then? Yeah, yeah, really at this point. <laughs> and uh, Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, long title. It is. Is that, is that often I'm, a bad sign when there's a long title? Well, especially if, like, in Ireland, if you have, like, anything to do with, like, the word crack in, in the name, you know, yeah, you want it to be true. good fun. Yeah. So um, I was expecting it to be, you know, gas crack. And, well, it wasn't really. Oh, no. Yeah, it was a bit kind of meh uh, for very specific reasons that uh, we can get into later. Okay, is, is this a Pixar jobby? It's not. It's actually Universal Studios. All right, okay. So, right, it's not. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know, because why, uh, like, that people kind of always go, you're waiting for Pixar to make one duff one, you know, or one complete stinker, and then everyone will jump on that. It, it's, it's all It's called over. a good dinosaur. <laughs> Yeah, okay. That wasn't that much of a stinker. Oh, it was. On the on the uh, seven-year-old test. There you go, Linda doesn't I agree. Liked, yeah. I loved oh, the did you? Ah, see, there I you thought go. it was lovely. It was, it was very sad then. at the beginning yeah. now, but yeah. Oh, You're I... just dinosaurist. That's your problem. <laughs> Which goes against everything that Geek Ireland stands for, because we love our dinosaurs on site. <laughs> yeah, you see. But do you? Do you really? <laughs> Right, uh, the the new Superman movie, uh, Superman Legacy, very exciting. Uh, everyone was waiting to see uh, who the new, who's going to play the new Superman, yeah. who's going to replace Henry Cavill, and they replace Henry Cavill with a guy who looks exactly like Henry Cavill. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Astounding! Isn't it? What and an imaginative choice. Like yeah. Superman looking like Superman. Who who'd have thought? I know. Like? Yeah. Who'd have thought it? And also <laughs> Lois Lane looking so typically Lois Lane. It's uncanny. But yeah, as you mentioned, we we've got our casting. David Carnswet is going to be Superman. People don't know him. I'm not hugely familiar with him, but he was in most recently Pearl, a 2022 thriller, and uh, The Politician on Netflix. And there was another miniseries called We Own This City. Like, he means nothing to me, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Lois, people will be more familiar with. It's Rachel Brosnan. I think I mentioned it when we were talking about the casting a few weeks ago. She's just finished up on The Marvelous Miss Maisel, and she was also in House of Cards on Netflix, obviously, previously. Um, yeah, so this is the DC kind of Superman movie that James Gunn is like fingers crossed hoping is going to reset the entire thing because nobody wants to talk about The Flash now because The Flash didn't do what they were hoping it would, didn't make anywhere near enough money. The the Ezra Miller of it all just overshadowed the whole thing. Yeah. So yeah, they're kind of hoping for this to be the true beginning of the of the DCU, not the not yeah. the university. The uh, have they addressed universe. the fact because it is like I mean uh, um, I'm I just saw this on social media like a man looks ca- uncannily like. Uh, like a slightly skinnier, I'm not that, you know, I'm not saying uh, Henry Cavill was fat, maybe slightly less muscular than Henry Cavill, but the, famili- the, the, the similarity is astounding. Yeah, you'd like, I just don't get why they didn't keep Cavill in some ways and more why they just took snatched away the contract when they were originally talking, potentially. Like, I just, do you know, do you, you're looking at me like you've insight. Yeah, <laughs> so essentially what happened was Walter Hamada had been the head of DC Studios or what was previously known just as like DC... Um, films in Warner Brothers and essentially what happened was he went off making promises left, right and centre knowing full well that he was stepping down and James Gunn and Peter Safran were going to be stepping into the roles. They had already pitched in to be like, this is our plan. And they went, cool, yeah, let's go with that. So he went off, told Henry, yeah, announce that you're coming back, knowing full well that he probably wasn't. And then it just caused uh, the the drama and Cavill Gate that we know today. So essentially it was just never in their plan and 
they knew it. Yeah. Why, why, why was it never in their plan? I thought he was a very popular Superman. He was, but apparently because like DC has been struggling in comparison to Marvel, it just has not been able to mm. hit the, the box office tallies and the kind of critical success that Marvel has seen over the last years. So essentially they were being brought in to do a complete revamp and the best way to revamp it is to just start fresh. Start so that's why they, uh, like Superman and yes there is a, a the Batman Brave and the Bold is going to be coming into it as well. Um but aside from that there isn't really much talk of any of the heroes that we've come to to know and love and have heard of before and <laughs> no and no, feel indifferent about. No more, if, it, yeah but like yeah. that's kind of where James Gunn kind of thrives, you know? Like he okay. likes going for like the underdog stories and like he look what he did with Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Okay, fair enough. All right. Yeah, poor Henry Cavill, uh, really. But did nobody say, why does this guy look just like Henry Cavill? Why did you do that? Uh, uh, that uh, has there been chat on the line? I haven't no. I haven't seen, but yeah, it is kind of like, but again, you look at Rachel Brosnan, she is so like, she's Terry Hatcher in another multiverse. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Oh, right. Okay. Like, if, like if, if you're familiar with her, you'll know, like, it's mm. face doubles. Like, it's uncanny. Uh, right, so that movie isn't going to be out till 2025. No, yeah, we've a, we've a while to wait. Yeah. All right, David Cornswell have hit puberty by then, probably. Yeah, so potentially, yeah. In case you've got protein shakes. In, in case they require a shaving uh, scene. <laughs> uh, right, so uh, uh, Barbie, obviously that's going to be the big battle between Barbie and the nuclear bomb film. Oppenheimer, uh, uh, cannot is, uh, wait. Yeah. Pink, pink. Uh, Double screening, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but Barbie's like winning on the merchandise front. Yeah, you're not seeing a lot of Oppenheimer spawn con, which I yeah. think... Yeah, where is it? That's what I want. I want merch. Shim shapes in our merch. <laughs> I'm free. Let's set up a call. Um, yeah, Barbie is, and I, I was wondering where other people are noticing this, but like people have, it's just everywhere if you're looking at internet. And like obviously, it makes sense because Barbie was a brand in and of itself, and like a doll before it became a movie yeah, or whatever. So the merch was already there. Yeah, in some ways, but it just seems to be like every single brand you can think of. Like you're talking, like you've got your Barbie themed nail polish, you've got your roller skates, you've got like fashion collaborations, you've got luggage, you've got. Clothes for dogs. You've got ice cream flavors. You've got you've got Barbie Xboxes. You know what I mean? Like we're only short of like Barbie solar panels or something. You (laughs) know, like it's just Barbie wine. Like it is. (laughs) It's everywhere. A Barbie cruise. That Malibu house that they built for Airbnb. Like it is nuts. And there's this chain actually in the states. It's the Alamo Draft House, and they are kind of leaning into it as well. Where it's like, okay, if you're coming to see Barbie, you can get merchandise with going on along with the film or whatever. So they had like uh, sunglasses, enamel pin sets, they've got stickers and these they had these lunch boxes as well and they've said so far they've sold more than 4,000 lunch boxes as well as like with the cinema tickets. Like people are nuts for just pink things and just Barbie branded <laughs> things. Gas, like, yeah, and when the film comes out, now I think I was, I was at the pictures of my seven-year-old and she saw the... Um, Trailer, which you yeah. like, I'm in now. The, the, I, I, I don't know if I look what the what the the search is on that film. Can I don't think. I think it's twelve A. Yeah, I think it's twelve A. Oh, is it? Yeah. something like that? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure she'd be fine. Yeah, I, I put a mustache on her. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, but, 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 you know, that like her age and, you know, up till, I suppose, 12A, well, they'll, they'll be total suckers for the merch, which is kind of weird because they might be at the kind of, oh, I'm too old for Barbie, but suddenly they're not too old for Barbie and then you have to... These, but this is the thing, you're, you you're tapping into this, like, entirely... You're tapping into people like me who are definitively too old for Barbie, but are like, yes, I love pink and lunch boxes and I love to still think I'm youthful and yeah. everything like that. And then you have all the kids that are, like, too young, in inverted commas, who will go to this movie and will get nothing from it other than the baby sensory experience of like, wow, look at all the colours. This is great, but they won't understand any of the dialogue or anything. So, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that much of a reach. Uh, Hope Oppenheimer doesn't bomb, says the texter. (laughs) But if it does, 
It'll be called Ploppenheimer. Oh, very good. <laughs> Ploppenheimer. Uh, uh, yeah. better, I want to say. Uh, John from Lee says, going to see Asteroid City tomorrow evening. Has your movie reviewer seen it? Um, <clears throat> have you bought your tickets yet? <laughs> Pregnant bud. <laughs> 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 yeah, there, there, yeah there's, there's a lot behind that pause. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. It's, I suppose it's you either like that kind of thing or you don't because yeah. your man's film have that, you know, they're all well, like... Even people who I know are massive Wes Anderson fans have yeah. come out of the film being like, what the hell was that? Oh, really? Mm. So it's definitely one that people are more on the side of than like racing to go back and see it again. It's actually making Geek Ireland's top 10 worst films of the year so far. Wow, you have a top 10 of the worst films of the year. <laughs> I literally just put it together earlier today. Yeah, okay, well, there you go. <laughs> what else is in it? Uh, 65 has topped the uh, top the list, which was like uh, Adam Driver's big dinosaur epic oh, thing. Yeah, oh, I didn't yeah. see it. He's on a planet or something. I just realised that that whole comment of me being anti-dinosaurs is really coming to fruition now. because oh, yes, <laughs> you're betraying yourself. <laughs> Are you sure you want to publish this list? The, the reason why we didn't like it is because it promised all of these big epic dinosaurs and just gave us like really mediocre monsters. So it was like, mm, okay, that was really disappointing and wasn't that great. Oh God. Uh, what else is there? Uh, controversially, the Super Mario Bros movie is on there as well. Blasphemy. Do not say that. Incredible. No. A joyous 90 minutes from start to finish. No. I love that movie. When I'm bored in 90 minutes, you know something's gone terribly wrong. Well, that sounds like a personal issue. <laughs> it, wasn't for, it wasn't for grown-ups, I think, that film. No, really, it really wasn't. And like, I actually went to see it with a bunch of kids. And when seven and nine-year-olds are going out of the... Going, uh, I was like, what the hell was that? Like, that was a bit stupid. It's like, they're clearly targeting it even lower in age group. And it's like, if you can't even target like between five and ten then that's not a okay, great film. Okay, fair enough. And yeah, my seven-year-old enjoyed it and wasn't a fan of... Uh, uh, and I was kind of asking her questions afterwards and much did she get to the plot? She didn't really get much. Mm. Uh, oh, God, maybe it's, she's just not that bright. Uh, that's <laughs> probably... Uh, God. I actually went <laughs> What to a see. terrible realisation. Uh, we're going to get, uh, we're gonna have to get a, a supply teacher or something over the summer. Right, let's have a drink. I need one now. <laughs> Um, I actually went to the Mario Brothers after the last uh, live oh, movie yeah. after Arlene was talking about it about <laughs> yeah. how bad she was making it sound and I said it couldn't be that bad. Yeah, it was terrible. See? Sorry. Yeah. Just me. Well, Ar- in fairness, Arlene's review of it was much funnier yeah, than the so actual film. Definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. So, tell us about our, our, our first boy. Okay, so basically, as I said, they're German and it is in a very tall flute-shaped bottle, very typical German. Mm. Um, It is a Riesling. It is from Thorl is the name of the producer. Uh, German brothers uh, making fabulous wine, very organic. They're trying to do very natural wines, but not funky natural normal, natural, just being very... What's the difference? <laughs> uh, that's what I said when I was buy- picking it up. They get, they gave me the bottle of the Spapragunda yeah. complimentary for the show. So um, I basically said, you know, is it funky? And they said, no, it's not funky. Two of them echoed it straight away. So sometimes with natural wines, with they very minimum intervention, mm. the wines do their own thing and they're not kind of commercially appealing. So these guys tend to the grapes, like organic farming and all that, but they... You know, they keep an eye on things, but they do as little intervention as mm. possible. But when you say about like the funky thing, is that more like wanky than funky? Really? <laughs> it's just very just, yeah, I, I think you need to, ha- I'll try and bring <coughs> one in the next time that is going to yeah. okay. put you over the edge, yeah. I think. Okay. Okay? Right. So basically the first one is a Riesling um, so from a region called uh, Rheinhessen. 
And um, this is one, as I said, from my cellar uh, that is actually <laughs> five years old. So the current vintage they sell in store at the moment is 2021, but this is 2018. Okay. So Riesling is a grape that can actually be aged for a long time. And it's mm. amazing. It's either love or hate it, but like it's a sommelier's dream in restaurants. They love recommending them and I love tasting them and enjoying them. This ideally with food, but um, food wise, sushi, rice dishes, fish, everything goes so well. But uh, it's a lot deeper in colour because it has that little bit of age. Have you tasted it yet? Yeah, yeah. no, it really, it's yeah. It's, it's really, it, really intense. It's in the back of the jaws yeah. kind of, uh, initially. So oh, this like the buttery sort of sensation. Mm. So that's the kind of texture and the, like the, it's limestone vines and it's kind of, has, there's a word minerality that we're not supposed to use in terms of wine. But for, for me, I still get this kind of, freshness although it's kind of rounded and oh it's just so good um, <laughs> do you think I like it? Yeah, <laughs> I really yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's about 28 euro but again most Rieslings from Germany we take in a tiny percentage in Ireland uh, we don't love them um, but I think there's going to be a renaissance there's actually a Riesling for about 13 euro in Duns um, I can't remember the name of it it'll come to me but uh, it's a really good starting point if you're not you know, don't want to spend 30 mm. euro on a bottle. You can ease your way in. And the main thing you need to look for on a Riesling, if you like dry wine, is the word trocken. It means dry. And if it doesn't have trocken, there is some level of sweetness going on in the wine. Ah, right. I, when yeah. I studied my diploma in wine a long time ago, I kind of left Germany a little bit to the side. I said, if a question comes up, I'm not going to pass it because German wine can be very confusing. Mm. So that would be the key thing. Trocken, dry if it doesn't say trocken, there will be. And it'll generally be lower in alcohol as well, between 8 and 10, if it's not trocken. That's a general Yeah, general that's an, actually an extreme, because sometimes they can. Yeah, and you're not expecting it, yeah. you know. But yeah. they're great. Off-dry or sweeter Rieslings are fantastic. Again, food with Asian food, Mexican and with a bit of spice and lots of different herbs and spices and all that. Really good. What do you think? Isn't it nice? Yeah. Oh, so it's absolutely nice. lovely. Oh, Am I right in saying that there's almost kind of like a, almost like a fizzy sort of sensation as well to it or is that just that's where point? I'm saying the minerality it's <laughs> yeah, just like it's a, a zinginess zingy to it, zestiness yeah. To it. Yeah. but again if you try the 2021 vintage it'd be kind of not as kind of I suppose um, rounding on your mouth it'd be more fresher and acidic but I think that's amazing mm. yeah so, New or leave it down in your cellar. Yeah. And if you're storing it, keep it on its side. Why yeah. needs to be on its side? Yeah. Uh, I just want to say uh, in regards to cellars uh, uh, and uh, in uh, uh, for the advancement of domestic harmony, uh, uh, my wife just sent me a video, a video of the cupboard of loveliness. <laughs> And it's absolutely spotless because uh, she's at home today and gave it a clean. Uh, all right. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We do have to take a break. What movie would you like to do first, Olivia? Oh, will we start with... Uh, should we start with Teenage Kraken? Uh, let's start with... This isn't just any party. This is prom. And I really want to be a part of it. We all do. Yeah. No, I get it. You guys should go without me. It's one thing for my mom to ruin my life. She doesn't have to ruin yours. Uh... What if you don't tell her? Gasp with exclamation! Dragon's right! Your mom doesn't have to know. Deception. I'm on board. Come on, Ruby, do it! Do it! I want to, but if my mom finds out... Uh... Oh, life is not a dress rehearsal! It's time for you to go big and go to prom! Okay, 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 okay. You're right. Okay, I'll do it! I'll go to prom. Yes! Right, that's uh, Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. Uh, okay, so the, the fact that she's a teenage Kraken, is that 
relevant? It is, yeah. So essentially, it, this is like a coming of age story. And we've got Ruby. She is, you know, really trying to fit in with her new high school, making new friends, dying to go to prom. Her mum says no. And her mum also has this rule that she's not really allowed into the ocean. And, you know, during prom night, she decides to go for a dip. And it turns out the reason why her mum said never go into the ocean is because she's actually a descendant of Krakens and they discover her secret. And, you know, that's... <laughs> always going to be dire when a teenager finds something out of herself and then her, everybody around her finds out at the same time. And it's like, so she's okay. panicking. So this is the plot of Turning Red so far. Exactly. That's essentially what I was saying as well. It's like Turning Red, but not done as well. And okay. considering films, like animated films, they do take a long time to actually be made. So this film could have been up to five years in the making. So by the time Turning Red came out, what was it, two, three years ago? This was already probably two years in in production. Oh dear. And so it's probably too far for them to turn back. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And that's why it's come out. So they've probably kept it as long as they could. And now it's it's being released into the wild. I'm still late to say you know, Ruby Gilman, 30-year-old Kraken or, or somehow, you Probably, know, yeah. Menopausal Kraken. <laughs> uh, that would have been an interesting one. Different demographic. I, I would pay to see that. Yeah, that'd I think that'd be good. Yeah, it's about time. And yeah. Uh, yeah, but essentially it is nearly the exact same storyline as, as Turning Red. They, I don't know if they did change anything to it in the meantime, but if they did, then I can't tell any bit of difference. It is cute it's colourful kids will just be distracted by all the, the pretty lights kind of thing um, but overall for adults there's actually very very little in there to kind of hold your attention it's not quite like Shrek where there was adult jokes that are thrown in there as well in this one I kind of went huh, once and that was about it yeah and that was when somebody handed you chocolate yes uh, at some point <laughs> uh, it was just a grunt of uh, acceptance there, there, but like in Turning Red there was much made of this was uh, you know this was about really about menstruation. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, metaphor. Is it the same here? To a certain extent, but she is a little bit older. So this is sort of more focused on prom, which would be in American terms, kind of like your Debs. Yeah. So you're yeah. kind of like, she's kind of just hitting that kind of like turning into an adult kind of style. Um, so it, it doesn't really hit home as as well as Turning Red because Turning Red was kind of groundbreaking for talking about like menstrual cycle and things like that. Whereas this one, it just seems to be I don't even know what it was really trying to be, you know, that kind of way. Um, it just it just doesn't seem to have had any proper direction, in my opinion. Yeah. Which is uh, a shame because it has a great cast. Like, it really does. Lana Condor, who people may know from... Um, to all the, the boys. To all the boys. Uh, Tony Collette. Annie Murphy from Schitt's Creek is in it as well. And Jane Fonda plays the grandmother. So Okay, that's a good cast. Like, it Must is a good sick. cast, yeah. but uh, they just, you know, didn't stick the landing. They, in, when in Turn in Red, when she would turn into the, you know, the the big bear or whatever she used to turn it. It was kind of cute, the big bear. Yeah. Like, is the kraken cute? Yeah. yeah that's as cute as a kraken can be. <laughs> <laughs> what does the kraken look like? Uh, kind of squid-like, I suppose. Tentacles. Okay, that's not good. And so when 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 she goes in the water, she turns into her kraken, but then when she comes out of the water, does she turn back? Or, or is she... Anytime somebody spills a glass of water on her, she suddenly becomes squid-like. It, it kind of, like, it stems from that whole... Um, I don't know if anyone's ever seen like the whole like mermaid. It's only when you get splashed with the water, then you kind of go into your mermaid form. So it does that water, yeah, yeah. familiar with yes. that kind of yeah. thing. So it it does a bit of that, but it does actually it actually spends a lot more time in the water. So there's not much of that sort of transformation going okay. on as well. There is a lot going on in the water because turns out I'm not going to spoil anything, but there is a mermaid amongst them. <sighs> right. Okay. 
So, but, but the whole thing, how that intersects with difficulties about going to the prom, obviously she's not going to the prom underwater. So <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it was, not an issue. It was a case of they all got together and off they went to the beach. You know, like teenagers do. Okay, right. <laughs> okay, this was after the prom then? Yeah. All right, gotcha. And, and, and like, is, is uh, either of her parents cracking? Yes, yeah, so essentially it's from her mother's side of the family and she is basically descended from like generations of Krakens and the grandmother is the warrior queen of the seven seas. Cool. And is her dad just like an ordinary human? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> to be perfectly blunt, like that's, it's one of those things of, it's really hard to talk about a film that really and truly could not hold your attention. It is just okay. there. Yeah, that is difficult. Because you'd wonder about how the parents got together. You know, did he like, you know, at what point, do, you know, it's like telling somebody you have hairy legs, except I'm a Kraken. <laughs> I'm a kraken. Is that a third date conversation? Or, or you know, hope we can't ever go swimming on. together. I'll probably eat you. Is that going to the cinema? It is. It's in cinemas now. Oh. Highly motivated to see yeah, this. I feel like it's going to get probably drowned out by our next film. Yeah. Right. The, uh, the morning show is coming back. Season three uh, is coming. Has there been a long gap between season two and this one, or is that just my imagination? So the second season was November 2021 on Apple TV Plus. So probably okay. ran into the start of 2022. But I suppose what's kind of. Well, I can't believe they're still making the show because the second season was so bad. Like it was mm, just. I, yeah. I can't. Anyway. But they're all back. Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, all the rest of them. I think we have a few. Yeah, like uh, Greta Lee, uh, loads of other people. Uh, Julia Margulies was in the last season. She's going back. What was interesting about the last season was that it finished kind of amidst COVID. Like it literally, like no spoilers, but like this is just the timeline of the show. Like it ends like March 2020. So So people are kind of speculating then, are we getting, not being funny, like a third season of like a real COVID focus and I think people were like can we please not have that because oh, you know no, like no, real life no. is a lot whatever yeah. um, but I think one of the showrunners had said that uh, basically like they're kind of looking at a time jump I think and possible like reflections on what happened and how it kind of affected the newsroom and stuff um, we've a while to wait yet so it's September 13th when it's going to be back and they're doing that thing where it's like I think two episodes a week um, and it's a 10 episode total run like it'll be interesting to see how this season goes down and whether it will go anywhere else because a show that began as like such a juggernaut everyone was talking about it in like generally kind of a good positive way like mm. this is good TV kind of prestige TV like the second season kind of just seemed to totally undermine that with whatever progress it had made so I don't know we'll see the, yeah, because the second show just kind of went off the rails mm. really whereas there was a discrete storyline you know that was kind of Philip Schofield energy about the whole thing uh, and the the second series I don't know what it was about lost interest halfway through I can't remember it. I know I yeah. watched it but I can't remember it no so, like, like yeah. I could not tell you a single detail of that season like but then but then you also you mentioned the Philip Schofield thing like you have a mine of literally other because the first season was loosely based off of a real life event that happened yeah. over on a morning show in the States so like you have a mine a whole new plethora of of, uh, content to, or real life things to mine from for writing so I don't know we'll see I yeah. like I just like again it's not something when you talk about when I talk about with my friends and the shows you're looking forward to this has not come up in conversation like like as you said it feels like even longer ago that it was on but then again I don't know if that's also a pandemic thing that none of us can remember mm. anything that happened or anything we watched but Is it worth having an Apple TV Plus subscription? Because sooner or later, like, you're going to have to, something has to go. 
I right? will... for a lot of people and mm. you're going to have to choose which one you're going to kill first. I will, I will say... Ted Lasso season one and two, great. Forget season three, just just forget it. It's fine. I like no, Olivia. No, like <laughs> there's one good episode in that season, and then otherwise. Now I will say it kind of rounds off pretty mm. nicely, and I, but whatever. Um, Platonic, I've actually started recently. It's very good, very easy watch comedy with Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne. They have like the most incredible on-screen chemistry, and it's genuinely funny. Like it's quite funny. Um, everyone talks about Severance. I haven't gotten around to it yet. No, Severance was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah Severance uh, was good. Have you seen Shrinking? No. Yes, Shrinking's oh, lovely. So good. And it's yeah, from the Ted Lasso team okay. as well, actually. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Gary yeah. Oldman's in something that got a lot of hype there. Something with oh, horses. Oh, there was a spy thing. Slow yeah. horses. Yeah, white horses. Yes, yes. Slow something horses, horses. you're right, yes. To answer your question, I don't know. Like, I don't know if they've had enough, like, consistency maybe to draw people mm. in in comparison to, like, when you look at the libraries of, like, a Netflix or a Disney Plus. Like, it's, you know you're going to have more bangers there potentially no you're kind of no well, no because I think they're all kind of a bit dodge now it's all a bit hit and miss in, in that you're going oh that's good and you're watching something on Netflix and you're engrossing that for a while and then go what else I watch mm, I don't know and then there's something on and everything's all the services I'm paying for like they're all just about getting away with it mm. But they all kind of have one like he, that's what I find like they have one like hero series that I want and then I, that ends and I'm kind of like what now what now yeah but it's like they know I'm thinking right I'm going to end this and then they come up with you know something <laughs> that I might be vaguely interested in watching you know yeah, just about but sooner or later one of them are going down <laughs> you are listening to the Moncrief Show on Talk. we're going to take a break back in a couple of minutes you are listening to the Moncrief Show on Talk. our WhatsApp number 087-1400-106 Linda Fanula and Olivia are still with us uh, for Movies and Booze right uh, let's uh, move on to our red wine Excellent. Okay, so again, same producer, Thorl, but um, the previous wine was a single vineyard. This is just um, a regular wine, um, as in, you know... It's, it's a blend. No, no, yeah. it's a Pinot Noir. Spatburgunder is a Pinot Noir. Okay. Um, again, German make it a little bit difficult to buy their wine. <laughs> not going to lie. Sorry about that. But um, on the back it says unfiltered in German, which I'm not going to try, and trocken again, so you know it's a dry style. But... Uh, oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. Like, I yeah, mean, I wouldn't have thought. I wouldn't. That does, yeah, I wouldn't have thought it was a pinot at all. Really. I know. Yeah. It's it, it's again. It's because of the organic farming. The Rheinhausen region, and again, these guys are just their two brothers, Christoph and his brother. I can't pronounce his name, and um, they're they're fabulous uh, winemakers. I've met them a few times. The corkscrew again. We're little story about them. When they have winemakers over, they tend to do wine dinners and things like that. So it's it's lovely. So this is quite. On the nose, like Pinot Noirs tend to be quite pale in colour. This has got a little bit more deeper, a bit more uh, richer. Isn't the cranberries, uh, red berry fruit and a little bit of deliciousness? <laughs> <laughs> That's a technical term, uh, just in case you were confused. A little bit of deliciousness. Oh, I just think it's gorgeous. Now this you can have with duck. So a Pinot Noir has a little bit more freshness and acidity. So if you've got something that has fattiness, so salamis, um, you've got crispy duck with a cherry mm. sauce and things like that. Oh, amazing. Really love this. Okay. But you could chill that slightly in the summer as well. So it's nice. Yeah. Um, you can imagine that. Yeah. Mm, I yeah. really like that. Okay. So that's yeah. 25 euro. Okay, but that's for all right. a Pinot Noir, yeah. like a basic Pinot Noir, you know, even like a, a, a supermarket one is about 12 euro. Um, for from New Zealand, and this is like really steep hills and all the rest in in 
hand, move my hands to describe things. <laughs> yes, <laughs> big hands. Yes, yeah. uh, in Germany, and it's just it's just fab. You um, think there were like Germans that know if they're exporting to other countries that they might put brackets, pin and wire on it, just so you know no, what it is. Well, look, they like to do things their own way, and if you want okay, to learn, do. well, a we bit. all know that from history. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just a bit about uh, the corkscrew. As you said, they're only around the corner from the studios here, and now they are still only around the corner, but they're. <laughs> They've moved right opposite the Westbury Hotel to Harry Street. So it's three generations of family, Peter, Paul and... Mary. No, Jordan. <laughs> Jordan, changing the, the P for a bit. Um, and they're all just absolute gentlemen. Do you know what I mean? Like you can pick up the phone and sometimes when you go to a wine shop and you think, oh, it's really fancy and all the rest, especially now where they're in the Berry Brothers building that was very iconic for a mm. long time. So people might feel a bit intimidated going in somewhere like that and think it's too out of their reach. One of their um, ethoses is that they have they have uh, wines for everybody. They have, um, ah, where's it gone? Okay, it's well, that used to be the ethos, shop. but they've changed yes, it they've since. Changed it. It's been deleted from their website. Okay, here it Did, is. <laughs> Terrific everyday wines, world, uh, new world icons, established classics. They all have a place on our shelves. Yeah. And you go in and they'll talk you through anything, whatever your price point is, usually from 15, because it is an independent shop paying premium prices in Dublin. But uh, online as well, they do discounts, they ship nationwide, and they are just an absolute gem of a family that have been in business for over 14 years, uh, 40 years from did, the father. Did they the move from right, just so they can, because that shop always struck me as quite small. Yeah, that, that's yeah, what they... For they, more room. They basically. described the shop as the biggest little wine shop in Dublin. Yeah. You know, because there, there was always stuff in it. Oh God, it was jammed though, yeah, the, the, the place yeah. they were in before. So we assume they have a bit more room. It's, it, but it's, it's, it's a lovely space as well. It's really luxurious feeling, but you don't need to feel intimidated. You just go in and they're so lovely and smiley and helpful and they just want to help people learn a bit more about wine and have a great experience. And it's a great place to get gifts as well. Yeah, that pinout was, uh, or the Gherkin Smirkin Birkin, uh, whatever they call <laughs> it. Spapagunda. Uh, 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 that was very nice indeed. Right, shall we uh, move on uh, to our second movie? Uh, it is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Here's your clip. Stay where you are. Don't move. Who are these people? We need to get out of here. Are they with you? Not an inch, Miss Shaw. Miss Shaw, stop! Another way up. Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones, you're not going to hurt you. That actually was uh, has uh, more dialogue on it than any other part of the film. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I kid you not. Uh, right, so the, the, is this to, to an extent, Olivia, is it back to basics in that we have Nazis again? Yeah, pretty much. Indiana Jones versus the Nazis again. With, you know, a few little twists and turns throughout. And in typical Indiana Jones fashion, like the storylines are always a little bit kind of convoluted and (laughs) difficult to follow. But this time around, we are in the late 60s. It's kind of around the time of the Apollo 11 landing. And Indy is after being reunited with his goddaughter, Helena, who's played by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. 
And he thinks that she just wants to catch up, talk about, you know, some of their old mysteries um, because he used to always spend a lot of time with uh, her father who's played by Toby Jones and they were always like going off on adventures and looking for all these artefacts so she's asking about this specific artefact and he just you know shares and reveals that oh he actually has kept half of it in his office Uh, that's not really why she was catching up at all she was going to try and sell it on the black market and (sighs) the clip that you've just heard is when when the the penny drops and Indy realises that well hmm Helen is not all that she seems and she is essentially leaving him to the Nazis who lo and behold show up again and uh, yeah she locks him into the room with them as she escapes with the item and what you hear there is uh, all that crashing sound was Indiana Jones, aka Harrison Ford's stunt double, uh, jumping onto essentially like a bookcase and it just goes toppling over on top of the bad guys. Okay, so it's the 60s. Where have the Nazis been till now? Uh, that is a very good question. They've been hiding and on they've the also. <laughs> um, nearly on That's the moon. That's a brilliant film. That was Nazi on the moon films. They've been kind fantastic. of hiding in plain sight. So we've got Mads Mikkelsen is our um, main villain of the series and his name is Jürgen Voller and he is now working for NASA. So he has been kind of like Ooh, still right, there okay, being like, yeah. this is this is my job now, but also I'm still going to be doing all of my my Nazisms and things like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> With that and no one notices? Now, but do we know they're Nazis and like, do they have like the, the, the uniforms on or how do they no, identify no, they, as Nazis? They, they, they look like just regular Joes uh, in the present day, okay. but they first encountered them in, I think it's like 1944 is where the, the opening kind of sequence or the flashback sequence is set. Ah, and this right. is where we have all the de-aging uh, technology. So Okay, and is it is it convincing? Do you know what? I thought it was fine. A few people are saying that, oh no, he still looks dead behind the eyes, but I actually thought that it was all right. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I presume he doesn't look dead behind the eyes now because no. he's still alive. He, he, he looked great. <laughs> Yeah. I, it's one of those things of like I actually always thought that Harrison Ford has always been just a very good looking man so maybe I was just distracted by the fact that it was just young Harrison Ford back on the screen yeah. um, so I personally thought that the, the de-aging technology was done pretty pretty well but of course you know every, like everyone has their own opinion on that um, and that's where you originally meet uh, Mickelson's character okay. and then it turns out that he's back so uh, of course Indy does get captured and it turns out that you know the Nazis are looking for the same item and you know it's a race against time to try and find it so then the Nazis can't turn back time and go and make sure that Hitler's plan goes off without a hitch and that's what this thing is this thing is some sort of time machine job yeah. yeah long uh, story short <laughs> yeah uh, and the goddaughter then is essentially she's She's morally compromised in, at the start, but maybe is less so as time goes on. Yeah, she literally. With, Nazis she's kind of indie 2.0, uh, is how, uh, how I would describe her. It's, mm. it's as if they're kind of trying to pass the baton, but she's also a little bit kind of like dismissive of, of her godfather. Um, and it, it doesn't really sit well oftentimes. It's kind of like, it's a little bit too harsh at times. But at the end of the day, she... Well, as we know, she would come around and they decide to work together in order to stop Nazis. Yeah. As, as you do. <laughs> uh, but that's kind of begs a very big question of that, you know, once uh, he doesn't want to do the movie anymore, but, but then will she be taking them over? That is the question. Now, personally, I, I wouldn't mind it. I actually do enjoy Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I had, as much as she was still quite herself in the role, it kind of fit the character, though, as well. So... It depends on what you were really hoping for from the character as to how you accepted her in it. Um, but for me, I thought that overall the film was fine. It wasn't the absolute disaster that Crystal Skull was, but it also didn't really reach the heights of The Last Crusade, which 
kind of should have been where they where they left it off. It's yeah, called The yeah. Last Crusade. Yeah. Um, so as much as this is a film that we may not necessarily have wanted, it's one that I do think was needed in order to send the character off in a better fashion than the one did 15 years ago. Uh, did, uh, did Phoebe Waller-Bridge have any role in writing it or any of that kind of stuff? Because you know the way there was, she was so, like, she was on the James Bond film and all that kind of stuff. So that, that, from my memory, I think she was involved at one point and then wasn't and then was and then wasn't. And I don't think her name is on the writing credits. But okay. considering when you see the film, you have to wonder... Did she do a few little ad libs or rewrites on the day? Because some of them are very much lines that only she would say, unless yeah. unless the writers just knew her very well and were able to do it themselves. But I don't. I as me, if memory serves me right, she is not officially credited. Okay, so but yeah, I suppose my point is is like, does she add something to it? Because there there was such a kind of a glow around her that 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 for she, a while there that she, everyone was getting her in. Yeah, I think she doesn't. She doesn't. It's okay. it, it's a really just like mediocre just kind of like middle of the road but like ah yeah alright that that's what she's done grand keep watching the film move on yeah okay so she's spread too thin now I think so I think it's one of those things that I think she reached such a height with Fleabag that it's really hard for her to then detach from that I think if she had done Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Donald Glover am I mm-hmm. right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah if she had done that I think that would have been such a big departure for her and it would have actually shown her as being a bit more versatile than say this role does um, but who's to say that she's not going to get the opportunity to diversify her resume uh, down the line? Well, she still has that massive deal with Amazon that I think that Mr. and Mrs. Smith was a part of that she, but she just hasn't done anything else with it. Again, there could be stuff coming down the line, but I, it was one of those, it was like, I was talking about it with someone with regards to the Meghan Markle thing and about how they had that big Spotify deal and the big Netflix deal mm-hmm. and they didn't like deliver, the Spotify deal is probably separate to the next Netflix deal, but they didn't kind of deliver in terms of content. But like the money was kind of comparable yeah. For Phoebe Waller Bridge, and it's like, where where's the goods for that? Like, where are the where's the shows? Where the where's the movies for like yeah. the hundreds of millions of dollars that you got for this? Like, where I don't I don't understand. You know, yeah. where it's, is it's, it? It's kind of like she took the paycheck. Well, actually, has has she actually cashed it yet? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah. <laughs> it's probably resting in a barter account. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, ah, to get that in. Uh, right, so th- now we have spoken. Actually, we're speaking t- almost too much about the idol, um, but uh, and but the weekend particularly. Mm. Anyone listen to that? What I just said there was the what? <laughs> uh, the idol is a TV show. Uh, the weekend is a human being who's acting in it, but also uh, a musician. Now, apparently, he he changed something because he had a vision. Yeah, um, apparition vibes. Yeah, so as you said, The Idol is this show, if anyone's unfamiliar, it's a HBO show. Uh, you can watch it here on like Sky Atlantic or now, If, but I'm not sure I'd really recommend you actually doing that. And it follows this <laughs> like hyper-sexualised pop star coming off the back of a breakdown and she gets involved with this fella who's like a wannabe kind of musician slash cult leader. I'm still really not fully sure who that is. The pop star is played by Lily, Lily Rose Depp and the cult leader slash musician is played by The Weeknd who's now going by Abel Tesfaye. Okay. Um, and it's basically been absolutely like lambastic. Critically, I think there are a lot of eyes on it uh, otherwise, but I don't know if that's people tuning in to see if it's as bad as they say. Uh, but basically, one of the other stars has kind of come out semi-indefensive of it. So Devine Joy Randolph, she plays one of... Lily Rose Depp's minders in it and she's actually one of the best parts of it. She's hilarious. Uh, people know her from like 
uh, The Lost City that came out. She's so good in that. She's in a couple of other things, but she plays Destiny and she plays one of her minders. And she's basically said, so like the background on the show is that there was an initial version helmed by Amy Semitz. That was completely scrapped. And then Sam Levinson was, or he was co-creator, but he basically took a more formal, like fully fledged role. And then The weekend, who had already been cast, I think, was basically like, I have this vision of how it should look. Mm. Like, I want to be more directly involved, essentially. And she's kind of saying that, like, this happens with shows all the time. And, like, she's been let go of casts because things have changed from a producer perspective and the way the direction... She's basically saying, like, the the blowback is being overblown in some ways and that it's just and the talk around how much the show and the production changed like it's not that big of a deal but then there was also you have the Rolling Stone report that was like basically when Sam Levinson got involved it became this like torture porn weird thing when it was supposed to initially focus on uh, a woman in music and like their experience and the things they suffer through and the difficulties they face but not necessarily through the lens of like the male gaze and like take your top off and like, let's put you in the most compromising position possible. Mm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so when, uh, when we, uh, so when she said the weekend had a vision, it wasn't like eyes rolling back in his head uh, and started well, flailing I mean, around the again, room and going, I just see what it's like now. He's kind of a weird guy. So I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if that is what happened. But yeah, he basically said he, he went to Sam Levinson and was like, I want, I want this to be more than what it is. And Sam was like, Okay, essentially, which I think proved to be the mistake because it was actually Sam's idea to bring in David Joy Randolph. And as I said, she's one of the best parts of it. And The weekend is one of the worst. Like, I yeah. actually don't know how he's going to come bounce back from this. Did they call him, did, did, did his friends call him The? Or, or <laughs> how does that work? I think that's why he's changed the name now. Like, he can't go by Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. You know, like, he's, <laughs> he's like, maybe I'll just go back to April. I think it'd be easier for people. But does okay. he want to be, like, considered, like, an actual, like, proper serious actor now? Because he's going to be yeah. in a film with Barry Keoghan and uh, Jenna Ortega. Yes, yeah. Well, which is yeah. Oh, yeah. God save Good us luck all. with that. Good, Good luck, luck with that, that. <laughs> yes. Good luck with that. Good luck with that with all of you. Uh, thanks to uh, Fanula and Linda and Olivia. Movies and booze on Moncrief on News Talk.